0: Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host Andy Davis as always and this is episode 4 of season 7. And this week we've got another great episode packed with digital marketing advice for kitchen and bathroom retailers from our guru. Would he like being described as that? I don't know. But he's Josh Delane from the Woodworks in London. In previous episodes you might have heard we've talked about TikTok, Instagram and getting the most bang for your buck. But this week we're looking at that other essential, Google Ads. In theory, it's about creating online ads that reach people exactly when they're interested in buying something from you. But how does it work, and how do you make sure it's working for you? We'll be getting all the tips from Josh and hearing how he has used Google Ads to grow his family business. But first... Have you booked your tickets yet for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023? What do you mean, no? Well, you better get a wriggle on as it's on Thursday, April the 20th in Cardiff, and places are very limited. That's the venue for you. If you want to take your place alongside other leading industry brands, retailers, designers, and influencers, then book it as soon as you get to the end of this episode. Seriously, wait to the end. Go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards for all the details. So making a triumphant return to the KBB Review podcast is Josh Delane from the Woodworks. Hello, Josh. Welcome back to Harrow. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me again. That's quite all right. thank you for sparing us the time. Now we need to start, as we always do, Josh, with a quick overview of the Woodworks. Okay. For those that might not have heard before. So give us the who you are and what you do. So
1: the Woodworks are a fourth generation family owned and operated manufacturer designer and fitter of high-end uh, luxury kitchens in London and we operate from our three retail showrooms being Sunningdale in Ascot, Letchworth in Hertfordshire and Mill Hill in Northwest London and we have a manufacturing facility in Letchworth in Hertfordshire.
0: And a very impressive business it is too. So this time around, we're talking about Google and particularly Google ads. We've looked at Instagram before, we've looked at TikTok before, but now we're getting into the paid advertising side of things. And it's such an important area for, for, for any business, I think, isn't it? But give me an idea of how vital it is for you and the woodworks and what role it plays in your marketing mix. So the paid piece of our marketing strategy
1: is absolutely massive. It carries a bit less weight now that we are a bit more established on the organic front. But at the beginning, it was absolutely crucial. To give you an idea, we're spending currently about 20k a month on these paid platforms. So that's across Google, Facebook, Instagram, with a bit of testing in YouTube ads in there as well. So it is a massive part of our marketing budget, if not 95% of it. And the reason that I see it is so important is it is one piece of the puzzle being the arbitrage piece. You pay X to acquire a lead and you convert it at 25%. And this is how much it costs you to get that customer. It's very black and white in terms of how much that costs you to get over the line, whereas on the organic side, it's a bit more airy-fairy, it's a bit more creative, we're talking followers, we're talking engagement, we're talking about direct messages on Instagram. It's a bit harder to quantify how much that cost, whereas this is a a bit more black and white, and you can justify the results that you get at the end of it by saying, I spent a £1,000 on these ads, I had 10 leads, I converted three of them, so it cost me a £1,000 to convert those three people. It makes sense.
0: And a big part of this is combining all of those things together into one mix of things rather than just doing one or just doing that just doing a or just doing b you've got to combine all these things together into one strategy
1: yeah so we call it an omnichannel approach and we look at our return on ad spend holistically so that is the total we spend across every single platform including our creative team our agencies etc and the return on that is however many kitchens we sell. So four million pounds of kitchens, six million pounds, whatever it is, that is our total return is that divided by the amount we spend on all of the platforms. And we say it has to be omnichannel is because people spend their time in different places, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, email, LinkedIn, they're everywhere. And you have to meet them where they are. So that's why we are on all of these platforms. And on the paid side, we are on the platforms that have shown the best results in this case being Google and Facebook and Instagram.
0: Right, so let's go back to basics with Google Ads then. I, I will confess to you right now, Josh, Don't please don't hate me for this, but it is not an area I am familiar with at all. Right? Okay. It, it has never fine. fallen under my remit to sort our Google Ads out. So I am a complete blank canvas. So go back to the beginning. What are Google Ads and how do they work? Okay, so if you ever search for anything on Google, the first three
1: results typically are going to be the ad placements so they are going to be the sponsored posts that companies are paying mm-hmm. to get there for certain keywords. So if I search bespoke kitchen London, there are going to be three results at the top and those are the results that people are paying to get there, right? Everything under that or what they call it, under the fold are the organic results that people have spent a lot of time and effort on their SEO, the search engine optimization, which basically flags Google and says, "Hey, I'm I'm a really important website. People think I'm great." It shows you right at the top of Google, but that can take, in some instances, years of hard work, a lot of money, a lot of writing, a lot of time. And so the ad part of it is a way to shortcut that process and show up on Google for certain keywords that you think people are going to be searching for. So why is it important? Well, Google is a an intent-based platform, i.e. if I'm searching for Bespoke Kitchens London, I am imminently interested in bespoke kitchens in London. Right? I'm not searching that for the fun of it. So Google ads are going to cost a bit more than any other platform simply because those are people that have intent behind that search. So you're showing up your ad in front of those people when they are searching for that specific thing. And it's a bidding platform. So you are bidding on a keyword. So I might bid on bespoke kitchens, London, and, and therefore it's going to cost me X amount, four pounds, five pounds per click to show up in one of those three results. So every time someone clicks on that and hits my website, it's cost me £5. Pounds. The interesting thing with Google over the other platforms is that you only pay when someone clicks on your website. So unlike Facebook and Instagram, where you could be paying to show your ads to you know thousands or millions of people, Google only charges you when someone actually clicks onto your website, which is probably a bit better for some people because they can see a more tangible result.
0: Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So I've decided that I want to start doing some Google ads and I own a kitchen retail shop in Basingstoke. Okay, where do I start? I presume you know you have an account with Google, wherever it is. But where do I start getting the results that I want? What What are the steps that I would go through, and decisions I would have to make along the way?
1: So you would set up a Google Ads account, which you, know, you can watch a YouTube video. It's all fairly simple to do. And from there, you would start to work out the keywords that you want to be bidding on. So in your example, you're a kitchen showroom in Basingstoke. Let's just say you do a wide variety of styles. You might work out some keywords that would be modern kitchens, Basingstoke, modern bespoke kitchens, Basingstoke, traditional kitchen, Basingstoke, da, 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 right? Things that you feel like are obvious. What would people search to be able to find me? Right, That's the starting point. And you would Far in a list of those keywords into your Google Ads manager, and those are what I'm going to be bidding on. So then you set a budget, what you're happy to pay per day to be able to reach all of these people. So basically, let's just say your budget was £50 a day, hypothetically, and it costs you on average £5 a click. That means that after 10 clicks, Google's going to shut it off, right? So your ads will no longer be shown to people that day. So it's not like you can spend untold amounts of money, it's all capped. The second part of that is negative keywords. So for us, for example, negative keywords are. I don't want to show my ad where someone has searched this word in addition to the keywords that I want. So let's just say for us, we bid on the search terms Bespoke Kitchens London, okay? I want a negative keyword that says cheap or discount or any of those sorts of that have negative connotations that I don't want to appear from. So that's my negative keywords, cheap, DIY, discount. I put that in my negative keywords, which means that if people are searching cheap, any of those terms with Bespoke Kitchens London... It doesn't show up. And then the final piece of the puzzle is competitor keywords. Paul, if you're your kitchen shop in Basingstoke, you might look around and say, who are the big boys in my area or near me? There might be a Tom Howley around the corner. There might be, I don't know, a Schmidt. Yeah. And what you can do is you can bid for their search terms. So you could bid f- for Schmidt-Basingstoke. I don't know if there's a Schmidt-Basingstoke, but for the example, you could bid for... I don't even know if there's really a Basingstoke. <laughs> <laughs> My geography's <laughs> terrible. So you could bid for Schmidt-Basingstoke, which means that any time that someone is Google searching Schmidt-Basingstoke, you could be the first result, which is quite cheeky when you think about it.
0: And that presumably is a huge part of Rennes or Magnet's... Absolutely. Because they turn up literally whatever you, whether you search anywhere.
1: Personally, I'm quite flattered that, we, that they bid on our search term. Ren and Magnet show up for the Woodworks London. So I'm actually quite, quite flattered by so that.
0: So when you say bid... I have eBay in my head for bidding. Is it literal bidding, like one at a time bidding? Or are you setting limits? Or are you setting No, that, it? Is how it, does it work? that is how
1: it works. So you can do the automatic bidding strategy, which is basically like, this is way too complicated. I'm going to let Google do it. I set my maximum budget, which is 50 pounds a day, and it will work out the best use of your money for the, the keywords that you've listed on there. Right. Now, the more broad a search term is, the more expensive it's going to be generally. So if I'm searching for bespoke kitchen, that search time is going to cost a decent amount of money. That might cost five pounds, six pounds per click. If I go super niche on that bespoke kitchens, London in frame handmade, right? Let's just go really super long tail with that. That might cost, 50p, 75p a pound, right? It's a lot cheaper. So you give your whole list of keywords and Google then can automatically work out what the best use of your money in. Obviously it's in their best interest to fire as many people to your website as possible because you're going to then carry on spending money with them. So they have that automatic bidding when you're expert level and you've done this for a long time, you know, like a lot of agencies, they will do the manual bidding for you. So they will look at what a REN and magnet spending a lot of money, these search terms. We don't want to go near that, because they've got a huge budget to, to bid on that. And if they're spending money on bespoke kitchen, then you know, they're going to outbid us and we're never going to be able to show that top result. So we might as well go over the less competitive keywords
0: that we're focusing on. Okay, I get that. What springs to mind there from the way you're talking is I imagine lots of people use Google ads are relatively familiar with it, but probably don't use it very well or probably don't use it very efficiently. You know, it's very easy to click the automate button, but what is the relative effectiveness of that?
1: So Google, in direct contrast to the other platforms, is not a creative media outlet. So you are not really competing on the creative front. Yes, you're copywriting, i.e. the words that show up have to be decent, but you can get some inspiration from what other people are writing. But really, it's about, am I showing up in the right places for the right searches? And very quickly, you can see, okay, I'm getting X number of clicks that's cost me Y that funnel through onto my website. And from that, I'm generating the leads. There is a a very, very small amount of it that is how good is your copywriting. But most of all, it's am I bidding on the right key terms at the right times? Have I reduced the negative keywords, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So there's a bit of trial and error to this, isn't there? Massively, massively, yeah. When you say you're spending 20 odd grand a month, how many keywords is that?
1: Oh, so, okay. So, so it's a lot of keywords. I've actually brought some numbers with me because it'll make it a bit easier to discuss this. So that 20 grand is split roughly one third on Google and two thirds on Facebook and Instagram. So on the Google side, I'll spend this month. I pulled this up before I left this morning. It was about six and a half grand. And and for that, we had 2,670 clicks onto our website. Okay. So it cost us £2.42 per click onto the website. Okay. Which sounds, sounds quite a lot right? But obviously we're selling 40, 50, 60 grand kitchens. Uh, So bear that in mind. So out of that 6,450 pounds, we had 55 people book an appointment or inquire to come into the showroom. Okay. So that cost us 117 pounds per person, which is the 6,450 divided by 55. That's pretty good, right? I mean, if you're selling a 30 grand kitchen, even if you convert one in 10, you know, that's going to cost you basically 1200 pounds to get A 30 grand kitchen or 40 grand kitchen. It it sounds pretty good. And then the other part of that is the conversion rate, which is 2%, which means that out of those 2,670 people that visited our website, that we paid for those clicks, 55 people booked an appointment, which is a conversion rate of about 2%, which is fairly good. It's it's decent. It's industry standard. There's nothing trailblazing there, but that gives you an idea of sort of these levers that you can pull uh,
0: in order to work out your strategy. Measuring the success of these things, I think, is sometimes half the battle, isn't it? You kind of do it, and you kind of think in your head, "Oh, I've done my Google Ads, or or whatever the, the platform might be," but you never really go into it in the kind of depth that you you clearly do to measure what actually works and what doesn't. There's yes. a science to this. There, there? Is a, there's,
1: there is a science and I'm an accountant by trade. And so my numbers background, that's what sort of drew me into digital marketing when I worked at it. It's just about, about as much about maths as it is about art. Um, you know, back in the day, it was um, Madison Avenue, you know, cigars and drinks over lunch and creative concepts. And it's not really that anymore. It's very much analytical, it's data driven. Um, and so my numbers brain likes it. But ultimately that which gets uh, measured gets optimized, right? So we have to look at this every day or once a week and say, this is what we spent. These are how many leads we got from it. Is it working? Is it not working? And tweak and optimize as you go on. So there's no point in spending that that level of money and just setting it and forgetting it. You really need to be on top of it all the time. Listen, if you're spending a couple of hundred pounds a month, again, you're never going to get anywhere f- onwards from that if you're not really paying attention to it. Because really, if you, if you delved into these numbers and you worked out that it's costing me £117 per lead and I'm converting one in 10, that £1,200 it cost me to get a 30 grand kitchen, I could do that in infinity and I could grow the business an exponential amount. Why, why aren't I doing that? But until you really grasp those
0: numbers, it's very hard to make people make those decisions. And it's called ads, but it's not ads in, in the way that I would visualise what an ad looks like. This Correct. Is very, this is literally a text-based thing. So what are your tips for getting that bit of it Right
1: have a clear call to action. So what do you actually want people to do? Do you want people to visit the website, download a brochure, You know, is there some sort of lead magnet, i.e. are you giving away something free, you know, free consultation? Try and call something out like that in the copy and make sure that the, uh, again, under the fold text, the bit underneath the headline is optimized. Are you saying the right keywords? Are you triggering people's emotions? When they see that, they, they see bespoke, they see family, business, they see all these things. But ultimately, it's about testing. You could literally test this within an inch of its life, but start with five different versions, five different headlines with the same copy underneath. And then see, well, that headline got a 3% click-through rate and the other one's got 1%. Okay, so let's take that headline and let's adjust the under the fold copy. And making these small tweaks, don't tweak everything all at once because then you'll never know what's working. It's like a science experiment in school, right? One bit at a time. One bit at a time. So in that example, you have five five ads, okay? So you've got five headlines and everything under the headline is the same. Well, we found a winning headline. So we go onto that winning headline and now we change the first sentence of that copy under the fold. But everything else remains the same then we tweak the second sentence and we basically work out the winning ad out of that. And it is an iterative process. It's not a two second job.
0: And the same science applies, I guess, to your competitors it's very easy to work out what keywords your competitors are using because if you search for something and they come up top correct you know that they've used that term correct so you then bid on that and you can say it all gets into a a, yeah you can add in search terms based on what other
1: people are doing there are again there are softwares that you can pay for that would suggest the best keywords to be bidding on give you a good long tail strategy i.e these are niche search terms that might not cost you a lot and that's where you can afford to be competitive also, work out just Google your competitors. Like, I might Google Humphrey Munson and I'll see what their ads look like and what they're saying and, you know, the, the kind of language that they're using, et cetera. And I might try and use that to influence my own copy and tests and see if it works. I'm not saying rip off someone else's ad, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Take creative inspiration from what they're doing and make yes, it Yes, but it's
0: a competitive environment, isn't it? It just is. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the nature of bidding makes it a competitive environment. And yeah, therefore, absolutely. You, if it's very hyper local, Basingstoke, for example, yeah. just having the word Basingstoke in it is immediately going to make it competitive because everyone's going to write that. Whether right. you're the local toy shop, the local kitchen shop, or the local tire shop, you know you're all going to have Basingstoke in there.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. But you remember the the search volume is important. So again, in that example, you're you're um, drafting ads for bespoke kitchen Basingstoke. Um, what if there was? You know, that might get I don't know 200 searches a month in the UK. What if there was a road in Basingstoke that was like a bit lesser known? or the high street, and you know what it's called. It's called, I don't know, Basingstoke High Street. Maybe that you can use that search term rather than Basingstoke Bespoke Kitchens to be a bit more niche. The big boys might not be looking at that search term and it might cost you less to be able to get that traffic. Right.
0: imagination. Correct. Okay, so one of the options, as with all of these things, is once you go down this rabbit hole, it all starts to look very confusing and all, you know, never-ending, that you get somebody in to do it for you. Yes. But that, again can be another rabbit hole of how do you get the right person? How do you know they're doing the right thing by you if you don't understand it very well yourself? So what, what, are, your, what are your advice, tips for whether you should or shouldn't use a professional agency to do this for you? And how do you know if they're doing the right thing?
1: Okay, so I would say that it depends on how much money you're spending because at the £1,000 a month level in terms of on your ads, if you're spending £1,000 on your ads, an extra £1,000 for an agency is basically going to double whatever the cost of your leads were. So let's just say for £1,000, you got in 10 leads. Those leads have gone from costing you £100 to £200. Whereas if you're spending six, seven, eight grand, having a thousand pound a month agency is a drop in the ocean. It costs you 10% more. You don't really notice it. And you're going to get that 10% back in terms of the efficiency of the bidding campaigns and the fact that they know what they're doing or, or, you know, at least 10% better than you do. So that is the first thing, know your numbers. The second thing is, again, you alluded to it is know enough to be able to judge whether someone is spinning your wheels or not. And this is a big thing that I talk about a lot. It's if you don't know enough to have at least a brief conversation and know whether someone's, sort of pulling your leg or not someone could take you for a ride for six months and absolutely rinse you for you know a thousand pound a month for six months and you just wouldn't know whether they were doing anything good or not because they'll throw some terminology and they'll throw some acronyms and all of a sudden you're like oh, okay fine you're the expert but really this is why i'm trying to give real numbers in this podcast yeah. so that people actually understand how much these things cost i'm giving you my numbers that are 117 pounds a lead to like that should give you a benchmark in terms of what it costs you. If it's costing you £300, someone else is doing it significantly wrong or you're doing it significantly wrong. So look at your numbers, understand your numbers. These, this isn't rocket science, right? These are not complicated numbers we're talking about. The total amount you spent, the number of clicks onto your site, the number of leads and how much it costs you for those leads. This is basic maths, but as long as you understand that and you now have a benchmark to work from, you can judge what someone else is doing on a decent level.
0: Well, as always, Josh, it's a pleasure to pick your brains. So let's end this with, I'm a retailer. I've listened to everything you said. I thought, fantastic. What can I do about that first thing tomorrow morning? What would be the three things you would say to me first thing tomorrow?
1: Set up a Google Ads account. I think if you set up now, you get, I think, £100 in free credit. So that's £100 free ad spend, which is great. And watch a YouTube video or watch 10 YouTube videos, how to run Google Ads. They are very simple and they are free. And you can learn within, I want to say, 10 hours, If you commit 10 hours over a week, which is not long, you will be able to run your first ad campaign and start to measure the progress and understand what is going on. And thirdly, make sure you know your numbers start to work out how much you're spending on marketing, how many people are coming through the door, what your conversion rate is, etc. So that you can compare a Google campaign to
0: what your offline marketing budget is in inverted commas as i say it's always a pleasure to hear you talk about this stuff you're so passionate about it and i've learned so much in the last 20 minutes or so that i feel i'm just going to go away and start a campaign just selling selling myself do your 10 hours of research first all right let's go. <laughs> let's not get carried away josh thank you so much and exactly. we'll speak to you again soon that was Josh Delane from The Woodworks in London. It makes it all sound so easy, doesn't he? I think the main message here is to take the time to learn as much as you can because it's really important. Keep evaluating, keep measuring, keep experimenting as you go. The results are there to see. Don't forget to book your tickets for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards. The event is on Thursday, April the 20th in Cardiff, and you can find out everything at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. See you next time.